Trash Can presents Taking Off From Work. Now, I am so sorry to inform you guys, but, uh, looks like you guys are going to be doing, having to do some extra work this weekend because our friend Micah is not a team player. He decided that he wanted to take a whole week off of vacation next week, so it looks like you guys are going to be working overtime. But the company offers seven days of paid time off. I was just taking the paid time off that's given. I, I don't really understand. Like, we we also booked this vacation uh, a year in advance. It also happens to be my honeymoon. I just got married. Um, and this is the first, first vacation I've taken in, in, in years, actually. Well, listen, Micah. I wish you would be more like Stu, who has never taken the vacation off. Is he burnt out? Yes. And that's why I have not hired any more people because I know that Stu never takes a vacation. Did you re submit a requ approval request? Yes, you did. Well, I mean, good for Stu, and I mean, I understand that he hasn't seen his family for ages, and besides, like, at night, and, you know, maybe on Christmas, and I know he, like, missed, like, some births of his kids and stuff, but, you know, that's not really my thing. I, I, I like my wife, and, uh, you know, I want to go to Bora Bora. I mean, we booked the tickets. I can't just, like, go back on that. Well, it sounds like, Micah, that you're putting that family over your actual family here at united tech we are a family and if you can't understand that you know what go ahead take the vacation off take the week off i know that's included in your contract and while you're at it just go ahead and take off more time because you're unemployed this isn't a right to work state so it's going to be hard to fight this but i guess i'll take my vacation and have to apply elsewhere later but uh yeah at least i know that you would do suck and uh i'm out of here so you're lucky I'm not flipping you off right now. I'm Chris. And I'm Micah. And this is the Donut Box Podcast. Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, buddy, you uh, just got back from a big, important trip. It's been great. It's been fun. We are winding down uh, season two, man. And we got, I think we got this episode and I think one more, right? Till we hit the next season. And then we hit the next season. It's going to be crazy. Season three, I, you know, I know we talk about it almost every week, but it's just, I don't know. It's still mind blowing to me every stinking week too. It's going to be the dark side. Don't, no, I'm just kidding. It's not going to be the dark side of Donut Box, but uh, yeah. Welcome to all of our listeners. <laughs> Season three, Dark Scenes. No, I'm, I'm joking. But yeah, welcome to all. Not talking about dark. Well, you know what was interesting? The place that I was visiting, um, it got dark at like four o'clock in the afternoon uh, this time of year. And that was very, very weird. Just, just a side note. Uh, for those of you living in the northeast region of our country, uh, there's very little daylight this time of year. Found that out. It's, you know, sun comes up at like 7, 8 in the morning and it goes down at 4. There's the rest of the time it's dark. Speaking of all our listeners, we want to welcome those uh, that are listening, returning listeners. Thank you to all of our listeners in Europe and Africa, uh, over in the Middle East, in Australia, Asia, Florida, Georgia, Texas. Uh, where else we got people listening from? You know, I just said the Northeast, so I got to shout out some of those states. Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York, um, you know, Massachusetts was one of them. If you go a little south, Virginia, uh, Maryland, you know, you guys have really been cranking it out. All through the south, Florida, we didn't include them. Uh, 
man, it's it's really awesome. I mean, Kansas, Iowa, Midwest too. It's 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 awesome, man. It seems like every time we're looking, we got new locations and uh, some of these places I've never heard of. You guys are really teaching me some geography. I'm not gonna lie to you. Well, yeah. Let's go ahead and uh, jump into our first segment, which is the old fashioned donut story from our past. And so, Micah, do you want to go ahead and jump in? Yeah, let's do it. So today we're gonna time somewhat talk about. Uh, just some different experiences that we've had. And uh, Chris, earlier this year, speaking of trips, I heard that you went to Orlando on your honey abode, kind of what we did in the intro to, to kind of talk about that. But hey, what? how was Orlando, man? Orlando was great. It was a great time. I often think about it um, a lot. I'm always telling my wife, I'm like, hey, you want to go back to Universal Studios? We went back to, we went to Universal Studios. Uh, my wife had been there and I've been there, but I hadn't been there in like 10 years, and the last time that I went, I never got to go to the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, so it was actually kind of cool to go to that place. Um, so it was a fun time, um, and then we went to Daytona Beach for uh, for a day, um, but it was a fun time. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Would there be anything, so I definitely know you went to Universal. Is there anything um, within Universal you would definitely recommend like to any of the listeners if they're going there it's like yeah you definitely have to do this this is a must um yes you definitely have to get yourself a butter beer frozen at one of the places in the wizarding world of harry potter um you also need to ride hagrid's magical adventure um it was a really probably one of my favorite rides um but it it is the most popular ride probably in the park and you need to get there either really really early if you're staying at one of the resorts you actually get to get into that part of the park an hour early, so take advantage of that. Um, but if not, kind of go in, like towards the middle of the day because um, most people try to do that first, so it gets kind of busy. But I would definitely recommend getting there really early in the morning when the ride first opens so that you can uh, go ahead and ride that ride and uh, go ahead and knock it off your list because it is a pretty popular ride. We also got to ride the uh, Spider-Man ride like four times, and that was pretty fun. That's like a no-weight ride. Um, make sure if you're going to ride the water rides, uh, make sure you ride those at the end of the day, because I made the mistake of accidentally taking my wife on one of the rides. I convinced her that we were not going to get that wet on the rides. And oh boy, that's always how it works. That's (laughs) always how it works. It's you'll say, Oh no, 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 that's not going to happen. And the next thing you know, bam, it's it, you get, you you like go up against the waterfall and it like stops under the waterfall or something. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's definitely what happened to us. Um, I didn't think we were going to get that wet on the rides, but it turned out we went under every waterfall. Uh, it just happened that way, and my wife was not so happy. But, uh, but yeah, it was fun. Um, there were some great restaurants that we ate at. We actually spent three days there, so if you can spend three days there, um, it's definitely worth it um, so that you can go back and ride more of what you want to ride. Um, but you guys went to uh, Florida. You didn't go to uh, Orlando, but you definitely went to Florida. Tell me about Florida and your your uh, experiences. Yeah, so it was. I went to Key West. Um, went down to the islands in the Keys of Florida. If you've never been down there, it's really really great. Uh, we started off in Fort Lauderdale though, um, and did some things there. You know, ate at a fancy restaurant, and uh, you know, shout out to Florida. You guys are awesome. I'm, I'm gonna you know probably retire there but i digress it was it was really cool it was uh like i said we started off in fort lauderdale we ate um at fogo de chow which is a uh, brazilian steakhouse it's in downtown fort lauderdale it was 
really nice and um, so we got all dressed up for that but then of course we also had some seafood um, but you know Fort Lauderdale is more that city experience you know by the water you know a little bit uh, more elegant and things like that um, and then as we headed down to the Keys you know you have kind of that um, we, we had more of the uh, I guess shaggy beach and fishing experience right um, to where not as nice, a little bit more gritty, but just you're in paradise. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's really cool. A lot of the islands are awesome. The island of Marathon is, is really, really an awesome place. Um, there's the Crane Hammock State Park, or I don't know if it's a state park, but it's a it's a park, and um, it's it's really cool. It's really really cool. Um, if you get to go there, there's all sorts of stuff, including they have a, a like pool where you put your feet in and like fish give you a pedicure cause they like eat all the dead skin off of there. I was like, yeah, I ain't going to do that. But you know, they had all sorts of stuff like that. Um, and then we, we spent some time in Key West as well. If you get the chance, um, to go to Key West all the way down there, uh, do the butterfly conservatory. Um, I know it's like, okay, butterflies, but listen, uh, whether you like butterflies or not, it's a pretty, pretty cool place. Um, you know, of course, it talks about the whole process, but basically it's just a big, um, it's like a greenhouse almost, you know, kind of windowed, but it's just a big dome almost. And it's got all these plant lives, but just tons of butterflies. So the moment you walk in there, you're just like surrounded by them, as well as uh, some tropical birds. And uh, there were some flamingos and turtles and you know, you just kind of have a good time and you're able to walk through there. And then they also have some benches and it's, it's kind of a serene experience. I mean, I don't know if you've ever seen hundreds of butterflies of just all sorts of, of kind, just kind of flying around, but it's, uh, it's, it's quite peaceful. I mean, if you're in a bad mood, you, you, you'll leave that place, not in a bad mood. I think. Would you say that was probably your favorite part of the whole trip or was there another favorite part? Actually, my favorite part, I think was, um, uh, fishing from, from our hotel room. So the hotel that we chose was, um, a, it was, it's typically for fishermen, you know? And so, you know, it was nice. Um, but we had dockside access and we rented a fishing pole and basically, you know, we were, we were doing catch and release, but, um, the hotel was in this little cove. And so all the fish would come into the cove, you know, and feed and everything, especially around nighttime. And man, it was, it was quite fun. Um, you know, Chris, we've been on those fishing trips before where you cast that line out there and you won't get a nibble all day. This is like you cast that line in there and you're getting hits right off the bat. It's a matter of you got to hook them before they steal your bait. And most of the time it was either you hooked them and reeled them in or they stole your bait and you're having to rebait it real quick and throw it back in. But it was really, that was probably my favorite part. But I, I just love fishing. You know, fishing's really fun, especially when it's hot fishing like that. And it's just, we were pulling up fish of all different kinds. And um, I'd never been fishing in the Keys before. And there is a wide variety, um, especially because like that cove I was talking about, it's surrounded by mangroves. And so, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that lives around the mangrove, mangrove snappers. There was all these reds over there. I mean, we were pulling up suckers with teeth (laughs) uh, that you wouldn't believe, like not sharks, but just, I mean, the ocean, everything's trying to kill each other. And it just, it was interesting to see all the different species and just the different colors and uh, especially being tropical fish like they were. They had like green and blue accents all over them. It was really, really cool. Definitely whenever I went deep sea fishing in um, Florida, it was a lot of that too, where you would just drop your line in the water and by the time it hit the bottom, 
uh, you would have a fish on the end of it, which is, it's always kind of cool, right? There's always that rush and adrenaline of uh, fishing and reeling something in. And it is always cool to see like those different colors of fish because you just don't get to see those except in the ocean. What would be, what would be like your favorite vacation that you've ever taken? Oh man, that's hard. I don't know if I can rank them like that because they're all so different and good in their own ways. You know what I mean? Um, but I mean, Key West definitely is up there. I mean, that's uh, it was a really, really, really good experience. Yeah, I would actually say that that was probably the best vacation as of so far. <laughs> is there anything that you would wish you would have done or like done differently? Yeah, you know, honestly, next time I'm just like I'm thinking about. Um, you know, the first time I, we, we wanted to go to Fort Lauderdale and then drive down because we wanted to drive through Miami. Um, cause there's a route that you can take that goes by this town in Florida called Dania beach, or I don't even know if you're pronouncing that correct. If you're from Dania beach and I'm pronouncing it wrong, I'm very sorry. Um, but you can head South and pretty much it's all ocean or like, I more like condo front, right? Like you see glimpses of the ocean, but it's a lot of condos, but it goes all the way to South beach, Miami. Uh, the really popular area, you know, where it goes into the 50s Art Deco, you know, what everybody goes to Miami for, right? So we wanted to drive through there. Um, and then it kind of takes you up and around the Miami airport. And naturally, that's what I wanted to do. So and then you go south and there's only one way to Key West and one way back. Um, so you take that road down and it goes through the Everglades and then it turns into tropical paradise, right? So uh, I saw that once as a kid, wanted to see it again, and it was it lived up to the hype. But I think this next time, you know, since I've seen that already, eh, let's just get there, you know, because it probably would have been better if we just stuck to one place, you know, a little bit more relaxing instead of moving around quite a bit. I, I will say this, and I don't know if you, were, like, experienced it whenever you were driving in Florida, but, like, for those of y'all that don't live in Texas, like, you could go, like, five hours in Texas, and it feels like two hours. But, like, when you were driving in Florida, it felt like you were, like, going 30 minutes, and it felt like five hours, and you're like, bro, are we not there already? But, like, uh, Texas is definitely so spread out that, like, five hours is, like, definitely nothing, so it only feels like two hours, really. Yeah, absolutely. And Texas is just a whole different beast. I'm going to I'm gonna digress a moment. I know we're taking some time here, but the trip that I was just on up in the Northeast, everybody was talking about... Uh, and Chris, we've kind of talked about this with other cases too. They were talking mess about two, two and a half hours right there. One guy was sitting here going, oh, my parents live two and a half hours away and, you know, in a different state in, in New Hampshire. And he's like, oh, they live over in New Hampshire. And uh, he's like, yeah, I only make that trip like once a year because two and a half hours, you know, that's like a Thanksgiving or Christmas trip. That's not something that I want to do. I'm like, Two hours, two and a half hours. It's like, bro, I drive that to the office sometimes, like here in Texas. Like, that's not even. I was, I was like, people do that to go have dinner somewhere. Like, if it's a good restaurant, people drive from San Antonio to Austin. That's about two and a half hours, and then drive back the same day, <laughs> and it's not even that big of a deal. Um, and you know, six, eight hour drives. That's a weekend trip, man. Yep, that's nothing. We do that all. Texas is just a different beast, but uh, yeah, man interesting to hear some of the vacation spots and all that good stuff so i'm ready to move on if you're if you're ready all right so we're moving into our next segment which this week it's tie your shoes because you tripping i love this one chris 
What do you got for us? Well, the tie your shoes because you tripping segment is always about uh, either worst date stories or people got caught cheating in relationships or people just messing up in relationships and they need to tie their shoes because they tripping. So this one, or actually all these, are about worst date stories. So you ready to hear the first one? All right. Yeah, let's do it. I don't know if this one is like really considered a first date. Uh, or like, sorry, not a worst date, but I think maybe just expectations were not met. So I wouldn't really consider this a worst date stories. Oh, so they were just a bum, huh? Well, we're going to find out. Here we go. So this girl says uh, the guy told her to meet him at his job, and she assumed that they were going to go get dinner after his shift. Wrong. We sat in silence in his security car for an hour as he played Jeff, Dun Jeff Dunham's comedy. My friends texted me and asked if I wanted to go to Taco Bell with them, so I left. No second date. What do you think about that one? That's that's pretty weird. So just sitting there listening to Jeff Dunham. Like, Jeff Dunham's cool and everything, but not for a first date, weirdly sitting in a security car. Because something, something tells me the left-off bits of this is sitting there in silence. And what is he going to be watching it on in his security card? His phone. So you got to think, this fool literally sat there and went, all right, we're going to pull up Jeff Dunham on YouTube on my phone or whatever platform, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty bad. I can understand why she was like, yeah, I'm out. I hate when people make me watch stuff on their phone. Just send it to me. That way I can screen it. <laughs> Although my wife does have this habit of we'll be laying in bed next to each other or sitting right next to each other. And she'll literally send me a like an Instagram reel that moment. Like and we're having a full on conversation or something. And I'm like, you could have just showed this to me on your phone, but whatever. Mine does the same All thing. All right. Uh this next one. Um apparently this guy showed up to the date in cycle shoes. He took them off during the dinner, put his feet up on the stool next to next to the lady's food. Uh she at or he asked to switch seats with the with his date to have his back to the wall and facing the door, quote, just in case. Ended by asking the girl to meet his friends on the commune for date number two. So apparently this man lived on a commune. Whoa. Okay. Uh, that yeah. explains the cycle she was in uh taking taking them off. Yeah, that's what I was just like, All right, disciple of David Koresh. No no. No second date. Uh, tie your shoes because you trip it because that's yeah that's messed up yeah that's that's pretty bad especially listen you need to ease them into it if you're going to try to get them in like you can't do that on the second date maybe like third or fourth if you feel it out right okay so this next one um apparently um this guy and this girl had been seeing each other off and on uh for a little while i guess they planned like a romantic weekend somewhere and they were at a hotel um and so the girl goes to the bathroom and she like comes out of the bathroom and apparently she had been texting her phone was like in her hand and she kind of like turned it to like i guess her body like turned to the side to where the guy could see the phone screen but apparently she had been uh sending um risque photos um to someone like while she went to the bathroom and it turned out that it was her ex um it, yeah, and so the guy excused himself to hit the bathroom. Yeah, he uh he uh left the road. He, he hit he, the road, he huh? Stuck her with the bill and everything. And I was like, well, she shouldn't have been sending illicit photos to uh her ex. That's messed up. Yeah, tie your shoes because you tripping. That's terrible. But you know, today I'm not really surprised. I know 
I, I never understood when older people talked about it. And I ain't even that old, but I'm just like, nowadays, I'm not surprised. All right. Uh, here we go. A couple more. Um, this is a big red flag. Um, the guy took her to go see a psychic who proceeded to tell them that they wouldn't last as a couple and they would end up splitting up. On the two-hour drive home, he cried and said he didn't see the point in dating if they weren't going to end up in a proper relationship. She just wanted to get the heck out of there, but to make matters worse, when he pulled up uh, outside of her house, he locked he locked this lady in the van and wouldn't let her out. And then apparently he, w he watched her from his van for about three weeks afterwards and would uh, call her continuously uh, so, so much so that she couldn't use her phone because he was blowing up her phone too much. So that's Tayo shows because you trip. That's pretty messed up. Oh, that's really messed up. That's really messed up. You know what's interesting? Um, I actually, I'm gonna digress just for. Or I'm gonna move over here just for a second. I just remembered a Tayo shoes because you tripping story that I heard in real life and uh, <clears throat> from somebody. Uh, if you don't mind, Chris, I don't mean to take over your segment for a second. All right, cool. So I was at this backwoods mechanic at one point, and we were sitting there. And he was, uh, he like pulls up his shirt and shows me this stab wound in his chest. And he goes, yeah, my first wife, okay, I got to do it in the accident. Yeah, my first wife stabbed me. I was like, what? Why didn't she stab you for? He goes on telling this story about how, you know, the little, the psychic calls, like the Miss Cleo, like you can call the psychics over the phone. Yeah, the psychic hotline, yeah. Yeah, so apparently, um, you know, he said he was, he was sleeping and... Uh, she came in there and she had been talking to one of those psychics over the phone. And uh, he said, or the psychic had said that um, he had been cheating on her. And um, so she, she full on, like they got into a big old fight and she full on had a knife in her hand. Like when she came in the room and stabbed him <laughs> all because of a phone psychic said that uh, he was cheating on yeah. her. Yeah. Don't trust psychics, ladies and gentlemen. Anytime they're like, oh, yeah, let's go to a psychic. But, yeah, he showed me the stab wound, and that was a pretty wild story. I was sitting here, and then he was like, they try to stick me with the bill, too. They called me up and said I owed $600, something like that. I said, I didn't call no Miss Cleo. You better call my wife. She's going to be the one paying that. I got stabbed over it. It was a whole uh, thing. Next one, and then I'm going to, like, I have one more that's, like, official, but then I'm going to tell you this other one that I found because it was, like, too long, but I'm going to tell you the short version of it because you're going to get a good kick out of it. This guy says that uh, a friend set him up with a girl he knew. They went on a date. Uh, she, He said that she was cute, funny, smart, and everything that you'd hope for for a blind first date. Uh, to be clear, we both knew that it was going to be a date. After spending uh, a good part of the day with her, they ended up at a frozen yogurt spot. Uh, they talked for a bit, and then she mentions how much fun she had. Then she says how much her boyfriend would like to spot and that we should all hang out again next week. Oh, man, that's horrible. Tayo, she was because you tripping, bro. She was like, yeah, this was fun. She was like, I need to boy bring my boyfriend here. It's like, oh, man. Yeah, that's messed up. Well, my question was, was it supposed to be like, yes, a date, but maybe they're in an open relationship or looking for like a third person in the relationship? Because that's a thing. I don't know, man. It doesn't say. All right. I'm going to tell you this next one real quick. And this is like the most uh, Mississippi thing you're ever going to hear. It's going to be funny. Oh, boy. Um, so this lady says that she, I guess, um, her friends set her up with um, one of um, one of her friends or something. And this guy was like a, a police deputy sheriff in the town. Um, and they had been like texting back and forth. 
Um, and apparently, um, he did tell her, he was like, Hey, like my pictures are old. Like I I'm actually kind of overweight. Um, and so he said slightly overweight. And so she's like, yeah, no big deal. Like looks don't really matter. Um, so he picked, he picked her up. Right. And apparently this guy was like 350 pounds. Like he was like this massive dude. And she was like, okay. And he said that he wanted to go to, uh, he wanted to go to this local restaurant that was in another town. Mind you, this guy is like a police officer, right? 350 pound police officers. Like, and so he's like dipping, like spitting in his spit cup. And she's kind of just like turned off by the whole thing. They go to the buffet and apparently he's introducing. Oh, not the buffet. He's introducing everybody to her as his girlfriend. And this is their first date, mind you. And it's like, oh yeah, this this is my girlfriend. And everybody's like, oh, that's so nice. Well, it gets better. She, uh, he's like, hey, can we go back to my house real quick? I need something. I need to grab something. So they go back to the house and apparently like his whole family is there. Like his mom, his dad, like grandma, grandpa, everybody. And they're all like, yeah, we're just so excited to meet so-and-so's girlfriend. When are y'all going to get married? And she was like, um, this is like my first date. And they were like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when's the wedding? And then, um, of course, typical like Southern thing. And then like, he's like, okay, we're going to go meet up with some of my other friends. Apparently he takes her to go meet up with some of his friends and they're going to go gigging, which gigging is like hunting for frogs. Yeah. And and so, um, and so she's like, I did not know this was going to be a thing. And so apparently one of his friend's wives, we're like, oh, yeah, so you're so-and-so's girlfriend? And she is like, um, no, this is like our first date. And he was like, well, we went gigging on my first date. Now we're married. And it was like, bro, it was like the most Mississippi thing I had ever heard in my life. Yeah, that's a real backwoods thing, too. And the the bad part is you have to turn him down lightly because he's also a police officer, you know, and you don't know what that's going to get troubled. Yeah, into. but then you can just run away from him because he won't be able to catch you. Uh, run from him on foot. Well, uh, we're going to move into our uh, next segment, which is the donut hole. And I, I'm sad to say we don't have a quiz this week, Micah. Micah and I actually did go to the movies uh, when he came up to visit. And Micah never goes to the movies. So I thought we could do, like, a movie review. Yes, we can. And we can both talk about it. Yeah, because you actually saw it. We went to go see Killers of the Flower Moon, which is the new Martin Scorsese slash Leo DiCaprio film. And without giving away spoilers, we won't do that. But uh, what were your overall impressions of the film? Did you like it? Not like it? What did you think? I liked it? it. It was okay. It was a typical movie with the De Niro Scorsese thing going on um, as far as length. Um and then also uh, kind of a light, it, I mean, it's not a mob movie per se, but it kind of has like the underhanding dealings that you would come to know from a De Niro character. Um, but at the same time, I thought the acting was really good, actually, um, because, you know, the storyline really sucks you in. It's, you know, it's about a Native American tribe and uh, with their oil money, you know, and so... It's, it's got a lot of twists and turns to it. And, you know, being such a long movie, there there's a lot of time for twists and turns, especially from the beginning. I don't know about you. Like, I saw where some things were going, but other things I really didn't. Like, other things I was like, oh, shoot. Okay, that went a little different than I expected. The ending did not end how I thought it was going to end. Um, 
which is okay. But again, like Michael said, it was about the Osage Indians, and it's kind of like at the, um, I think it's after the First World War, so it's like the nineteen like right twenties, like ish, nineteen thirties. Um, what do you think of Leonardo DiCaprio in it? A lot of people have said like this is his best performance. What do you think? I think it was one of his best. Here's here's the hard part. Him and Django is very hard for me to not say that's his best performance because he really went all out in Django. Like that was a really good. I, I don't know. To me, not a lot tops that for for him. Um, but yeah, no, it was a very very because it was very compelling. Um, you know, really all the actors all the way around, it was it was really, really good. What I thought was good as well is, um, now they did have some, I wouldn't say goofy scenes, but there was like one scene, I, I'm not going to say that, but pretty much, um, you know, it was cool they had actual members of the tribe there, and, you know, I think some of the actors potentially were part of the tribe too, right? Yeah, I think so, um, and again, there was a lot of, um, I don't know if it was a book, but there was a lot of like symbolism and cutscenes. Um, and I, I, I don't know about you, but I really did like how they incorporated the heritage of the Osage uh, Native American tribe in there. Um, I did like Leonardo DiCaprio's accent. I thought he pulled off like a good like Oklahoma, West Texas accent. Like I was like, oh yeah. I forgot it was Leo DiCaprio for a half minute. You know, and I will say this, um, De Niro pulled off a pretty good Southern accent. I mean, I kind of wasn't expecting that from him. It was a soft Southern accent, like it wasn't full on, but, you know, that's how he talks anyways, right? Like he has an accent, but it's not, I don't know, it's not overly harsh, if that makes sense, on any front. I thought it was a good movie. Um, Would I buy the movie? Probably not. Would I go see it again? Maybe Maybe I would, um, but I thought it was a good movie. I'd stream it if I had a lot of time. Like, if it's something like I need to put something on in the background and I have a lot of time, maybe. To me, it kind of falls in the same category as The Irishman. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, I wouldn't say falls in the same categories and, like, it's the same style of movie. But, like, you know, would I probably buy No. Is it one that's, like, super, like, oh, man, this is that one of my favorites of all time no but is it a good solid movie absolutely i think uh i definitely think it was um obscure enough to win one of those like oscar awards one of those best picture um because when every time like a movie wins best picture i'm always like really there were so much so many other better movies than that but i definitely could see this one winning a best picture um at the oscars oh absolutely and I guess for me too, what made it really good and a a mark of a good movie is it doesn't just make you feel a lot of emotions with it, but it also makes you think and that causes you to feel emotions, if that makes sense. Like there was portions of the movie and um, I even looked over at Chris at certain points and I mean, I wouldn't say gut-wrenching, like it wasn't that bad, but there were some moments that would make you a little uncomfortable or maybe like, like, you know... One thing is, um, you know, there was some things going on between, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character and his wife. And it, you know, makes you relate to what that would be like in your married life. And then it kind of, you know, really puts it in perspective. And I don't know, things like that. Um, Especially because there was, with a name like Killers of the Flower Moon, there's a lot of death, right? So we've all experienced people dying, uh, especially family members. So you know, it's one of those things to where I think it was good because they really nailed the emotions 
uh, behind it. And that's sometimes movies will miss on that. But I think everybody did a really good job of the people who needed to be heartless were heartless and cold and callous. Right. And then you kind of had the in-betweeners and then you had it's it's you'll just have to go see it. For sure. Well, we are going to move into our next segment, which is what fries my donuts. (laughs) What fries your donuts this week? Oh, we got multiple parts. So speaking of death, I went to a funeral um, and you know, not upset with the funeral. We've talked about funeral processes and, you know, why it can be really hard. But here's one thing that I just, in plain and simple, um, we didn't grow up with a lot of this, man, but I've seen this a lot more where there's um, the handshake line or the grieving line, right, where you go by the family members and you shake their hand. Well, in this instance, we had to do it four times with these, with this family member, with these family members, right? And my thing is, it's hard enough going around the first time and telling them something, but what in the heck are you going to say by the time it comes to the fourth time? You know, second and third time gets really difficult. By the fourth time, you're like, man, yeah, I really, you know, inside you're like, man, I don't know what to tell you. I'm, I'm really, I'm I'm sorry. It's like, but I've already told you that, you know, three times already. Uh, I don't, it, it just becomes difficult. I think that's too much. And for me, I think that's too much on the family too, because yeah, it's just it's just too much for everybody. Just once is good, I feel like. Shake their hand, tell them you're there for them. That's good. But we don't need two, three, four times. You know what I mean? Um, I know that's specific, but still. No, I agree. I think once is good enough for the family. It's exhausting. So once is enough. Yeah, especially, I mean, you don't want to keep reminding. I mean, they're already at their funeral most of the time. And even, you know, this was open casket. So you're sitting there looking at them too. So it's not, wasn't easy. But anyways... Uh, the next thing, <laughs> a totally different subject, and you can tell that I've been to the airport, but uh, we've talked about this before, uh, this one in particular, but why do people stop in the middle of the aisle? This was big in Atlanta, Atlanta in particular. Um, people stopping in the middle of the main aisle, right? Like Not pulling off to the side. There's plenty of sitting areas, right? Places you could pull off to the side. Most of the time you're getting something out of your bag or tying your shoe or whatever. People will stop in the middle of that flow of all these people. And I couldn't tell you how many people I had to like avoid, right? Like you're, you're like right, you know, right behind them. They'll stop in front of you and you're like, whoop. And you're, you got your bag and everything. You're like, dude, I'm about to run into you. What are you doing? Like, get over. It's like being in traffic, except with people. I I really, I can't stand it sometimes. I think, I think we should run them over. I think we should. I I agree, man. Oh, and the other thing too, here's another one. Uh, I sent Chris a picture, but I had this lovely woman who decided I was her, uh, her nap space several times. And yes, I did shove her off. I said nicely, like, Hey, you know, and like woke her up and she didn't move properly and went right back on my shoulder. So I just started nudging her off of me because listen, you pay good money for a seat on a plane, right? You don't, I, I, I like to get window seat cause you get at least a little bit more space. Some people like aisle, but you know, my legs are big. I got to kind of, you know, stuff them somewhere. And at least the window, you kind of have that curvature of the plane there. Um, but this lady was full on like head on shoulders, starting to put body weight into you to where like you're up against the wall of the plane. That ain't right, man. Don't be doing that to people. Like if you're tired, cool. But even the seats, I don't know if you know this, most people don't, but if you want to sleep, the seats, if you pull the headrest, like you can pull the headrest to where it like holds your head in place almost and kind of makes a cushion 
and it's very comfortable. Yeah, it's like a neck pillow. Yeah, it is. Of. It's it's and for me, it's comfortable. I actually napped a little bit today doing that. So, but most people don't know that that happens, and it also avoids you getting on somebody else too. So, uh, please do that. Um, this is controversial. This next one, and but listen, big people, I love you. I do, but at a certain limit, we gotta have you buy two seats. I'm just saying. I you know people spilling over into you like I know they're not comfortable I know you're not comfortable like nobody's comfortable in that situation and hate to be that guy but again you pay good money for this seat and if it's a two three hour flight you're uncomfortable for two or three hours and the window seat's a blessing and a curse right because you're sitting on the window seat but if you're stuck like that you're stuck like that there is no moving and uh, you know, I had that experience. And last and final one is personal hygiene. Holy crap. I had two people on this on this trip. I don't know why. But they smelled, They both smell like spoiled milk. I don't know why. And the hard part is, you know, just when you kind of get used to it, then they would move and you would get a new whiff of it. And you're like, bro, don't move if you're going to stank like that. Like, seriously. Like, you know, you know you're going to be on a plane with a ton of people. And, oh, one of the ladies that smelled like spoiled milk, I'll just tell you this much right now. She took, like, 10 minutes to wipe down the seat back, to wipe down the TV, to wipe down the tray table, like, before she actually sat down. And I was like, but you couldn't wipe yourself down before you got on this plane? Please. Anyways, I digress. That's what fries my donuts. I said, couldn't put on deodorant or nothing? That's what I'm saying. It's just like, you all per- you all good with hygiene, but apparently you can't wash yourself. I don't get it, but... Yeah, that's what fries my donuts, man. It's like, I love flying. Um, it's, it's some of the people that just make it a little tough. Um, but, you know, good news on one of my flights, I actually had a full row open. So that was really nice because then you can really stretch out. That is always nice. Well, cool deal, man. Well, we're going to move into our next segment, which is the improv segment, our mystery donut. And we got the randomizer. What do we got? Yeah, man. So uh, we're going to pick a few categories. We love the randomizer. So, um, what are you thinking today? You want to do like an object, uh, or let's like a profession, a location, and an emotion, I'm thinking? All right, so the profession is a farmer at a truck terminal. I don't know what a truck terminal is. We're going to change that one. I'm thinking like a truck stop, but I'm not sure. At an astronaut training center, okay, and he's in a determined move. Well, that's not exactly fun enough. Let's do something. Oh, he's troubled. That's great. Okay. Oh, cool. Trouble. Okay. All right. I'll, I can start. Okay, perfect. Well, yeah, buddy. I got this delivery of, uh, it said, it said 14 boxes of potatoes, 15 boxes of ears of corn, and about uh, 20 boxes of tomato plant. I don't know where y'all going to eat all this stuff. Where do I even, where, where, where do I even put all this stuff? Listen, you put it in the daggum kitchen, okay? I, I don't know what to tell you. You come out that field. And it's like you lose your mind. You've done this a thousand times. I don't know what your problem is. Well, I just want to know if the invoice has already been paid because I put my blood, sweat, and tears in it. This is like this is like my family. I'm like selling off my family. I need to make sure I get compensated because if I don't, I ain't going to be able to uh, make it make it another year. Well, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You ought to be just not worrying about your little family of corn and whatever else you're bringing in here because I'll tell you this much. What's happening here at the Space Center is we're going to take it back to the kitchen and me, member of the FDA, former farmer extraordinaire, 
I'm going to make it into the best pureed things for these space guys to eat. Alright? They will have the best paste tasting you, you won't even know. It's gourmet paste by yours truly. Well, that was just concerning me. I'm glad you done you done put my fears to ease because I was worried because I was like, all that stuff up in there, up in the stratosphere, up in the atmosphere, I, that stuff ain't going to last. It's going to be like popcorn. You get them little ears of corn near those those thrusters in the rocket ship, you're going to be having popcorn for days, buddy. Listen, I, are you dumb or something? Stratosphere? That's where the airplanes go. No, 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 no. We're talking about outside the atmosphere. We're talking about going, you know, orbiting and all this other stuff. And, you know, we're talking about International Space Station. And I'm just saying, that squash looks nice now, but uh, I wouldn't even worry about it because it's going to, when it's pureed, it's going to look like doo-doo, I promise you. Well, listen here, buddy. I don't know where you go off telling me that I'm dumb. I may not have had a college education. I may just be a farm boy, but you know what? There's a poem that says God made a farmer. And you know what he did on the eighth day? He made a farmer. And you know what farmers do? Farmers make this country go round, I tell you that much. I'm a farmer too, and I'll tell you something. From one farmer to another, you better get the heck out of here. Because uh, I, 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 I'm tired of the mouth. Listen, you're going to deliver the food. That's all we need from you. No more family talk. That ain't your family no more. They're coming into pureed meats. Alright, and it ain't going to be gourmet, actually. I'm going to make it look like it's going to be nasty. Because, you know Think what? you got that lab coat on? You think that makes you God's gift to farming? Well, you know what, buddy? I'm taking me and my crop, and we're going else. I said I'm part of the FDA. What did you not understand about that? Well, I'm taking my crop, and we're going. So you're going to have to get yourself another farm. Plenty of them. Listen, we got a bunch of them on the government payroll. You get your Cletus big behind out of here. Fine, then. Well, that was our, well, that was our improv. Uh, yeah, good old stuff. John Boy at the Kennedy Space Center. Uh, but, yeah, we're going to move into our uh, eclair, which is our positive advice. So, Micah... I think it's your turn to go first. Yeah, my positive advice is life is short, be adventurous. Um, you know, the thing is, went on this trip, right, and wasn't expecting to do some some things, and you know, there was some real tiring experiences, and just on a small front, you know, there was a lot of times it's like, man, I just want to go to the back to the hotel room, because it was a lot of traveling, it was a lot of work, it was a lot of late nights and early mornings, you know, a lot of running on coffee, things like that, um, but if I would have just sat in the hotel room, I would have missed a bunch of experiences, some really cool experiences. And the Northeast is very full of history. So, you know, it's it's really cool. So I got to see a lot of cool stuff. Um, but it did cause me to run around a good bit, but it's totally worth it. Because you won't remember how tired you were. You just remember the experiences. Um, and that's why it's just like, you know, also take vacations, man. Like if you can afford it, you know, be, be within your means of cash. Like I understand we we've all been there we've all been there but the thing is even if it's a weekend you know out of town or even a weekend in town staycations are cool too i don't know if you've ever stayed at a hotel in town but sometimes you know it's good to just take a break but um you know you can even be adventurous in your own town there's stuff that is so unexplored all around you even in small towns around you uh, i know here in texas it's like every small town that's around has at least a little something or a little piece of a nugget of history or something that's like oh that's pretty cool that's pretty cool you definitely be adventurous take those chances uh make those memories it's good mine is uh you know sometimes you have to you know do a job to put food on the table, but find something that's going to like fill your tank because sometimes you can get so burned out just because you're simply uh, doing a job that like 
that is outside your wheelhouse or your gifting, right? So like if you love to build things with your hands, but you're stuck in a job where you're like, you're having to put in spreadsheets or um, having to do administrative stuff. And that stuff is like stuff that you hate, you know, that can get you burned out real quick. Now, if it's a job where you're like, you know what, I'm doing this uh, so I can put food on the table. Like that's totally cool, but find a way to do stuff that fills up your tank. Um, and for me, that's like coaching and mentoring other people. It's also doing this podcast. Doing this podcast also helps fill my tank. It helps me get those creative juices out um, because I'll tell you, man, I've got creative things floating around in my head all the time, and uh, this helps me do that. So find things that help fill your tank. Find things that help you um, do what you were made to do. Um, I heard a quote that said, it's okay to do what you want to do until it's time to start doing what you were made to do. And so we all have those things that we were made to do. And so find what it is and do things that help uh, invest that emotional tank. But yeah, man, it's been a great show. Yeah, it has. And uh, we're going to start plugging our stuff. TVTrashCan.com. That's TVTrashCan.com. Man, I'm just going to let you know, this past trip, I filmed all sorts of stuff, plane-wise. So, you know, our our channel is just turning into... You know, Plane Central, apparently. Airplane Central. But anyways, there's more plane videos probably going to come out as well. Going to be working on Church Rescue Part 2. And, uh, yeah, we got plenty of good stuff coming along. So check out the website, tvtrashcan.com. And um, all of our other streaming services, Spotify, wherever you're listening to, we really appreciate it. And uh, do all the socials, please. We appreciate it. And if you want to give us feedback, give us feedback. We'd love to hear what you want to find out from Season 3 or what you'd like to hear. Um, so if not, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, and we're going to change it up how we feel like we're going to change it up. Uh, but even your suggestions, we still might change it up how we want to change it up. But anyways, we appreciate you listening. And uh, yeah, man, I'm ready to take this box out of the trash. Let's do it. All right, man. I'm Micah. And I'm Chris. And this has been the Donut Box Podcast.